0: ora everyone, and welcome back to. Wow, that sounded so fish. I, I did not mean to sound fish, everyone.
1: You've come um, to the uh, wrong podcast, everyone.
0: Seriously, um, where have they come to, Laura?
1: You have come to your bona fide legend favorite pop culture podcast, Culture Vulture.
0: Culture Vulture, and it's like sort of half half pop culture, half therapy. Lately, last week's episode um, on Therapy Speak. Just on that, was uh, held high in the regards of one Stanley Tucci
1: Light. Stanley Tucci Light said it was his favourite episode yet, which is surprising because A, both Luce and I could not remember what it was even about,
0: (laughs) (laughs) what the topic was. You do not, you like go in, you say all your really good shit, and then you leave, and it's like, holy fuck. And it's done.
1: But that is how I approach most things in life. I write an essay, can't edit it, leave.
0: Yep, yep. I'm the exact same. Really? But good to know. Oh. Yeah. Like when when I do exams.
1: Luz, you edit the newsletter. I'm just a little bit stressed about that.
0: No, I know. (laughs) When I would do exams or like even write the newsletter, it's like takes everything in me. I would never, I would always leave my exams just after writing it and not edit it because it was too boring. Speaking of being bored in the newsletter last week. Um, In the newsletter, it takes me everything to like send it to myself I have to read it on my phone as if I'm a stranger reading it so it's like kind of fun and that's when I find the typos but I can only do that once and then I'm just like fuck it's got to go into the world I'm so bored at looking at this
1: it's into the cloud into the cloud oh, she goes
0: into the cloud she goes um so anyway I've actually already forgotten why we were even talking about that so that's it. <laughs> how quickly things <laughs> escape our <laughs>
1: Someone's going to tell you that you're neurodivergent. I know it. Oh,
0: wow. I know I it. Add to the club or join the line of <laughs> people telling me that was something. <laughs> Someone's going to come on this mic and diagnose me. And honestly, I love it. And I'm still ready for us to do a whole episode on that because I think that's interesting. Oh, we definitely
1: um, add it to the bank of ideas. But today's episode, loose
0: Yes, legend. Um, it's actually been a bit of a... It's been a bit of a wild ride right to get here. We were going to do <laughs> we were gonna do Sydney Sweeney and all the sort of rumours surrounding her. And is his name Glenn? Greg? Someone. Glenn? That shows how Greg? much i researched into that. Before. You've got a succession on the brain. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we were going to do, Laura's got a really good episode up her sleeve that we're actually going to do on
1: the next episode all about. Yeah, we're going to bank that. And we're not going to tell you what it's about. It's a tease. Actually, no. We will say what it's about because I actually might do a bit of a call and response in the newsletter and ask fans for some submissions. Fans? Fans? Friends? (laughs) That's my work. I'm so sorry. It's
0: fine. Ask fans of the show.
1: I'm so (laughs) sorry. What is it about then? So I did a bunch of articles, basically... All I ever used to write about was dating and relationships and did a whole bunch of articles around what are the things you wish you could have said to your ex or why are you thankful for them? It was very thank you next Ariana Grande era and the submissions were insane. Like real people sending me such heartfelt stuff and there's a whole bunch that I learned from that and I got a therapist involved who gave us hot takes on it and I feel like it'll be a beautiful episode. It'll
0: be a great episode.
1: I'd love to hear what the Newsy readers would love to say to their exes.
0: Same. The Newsy readers are the best. They're so generous. It actually reminds me of Own the Feels, which is the podcast we're doing about breakups at the moment. Yes, And that's all about sort of the audience's stories. And they sent in so many, like just very generous with the breakup stories, you know. So I'm excited for that app. Anyway, today's app, which we still haven't got to, Met Gala, which is going to be the main event and also Ed Sheeran and he's in another copyright lawsuit and we've spoken about these type of lawsuits on Culture Vulture a bunch and it just – honestly, I just wanted to talk about it because I find it just really draining for artists to be going through this type of stuff all the time. And And I'm
1: excited to hear more.
0: Yeah, but first of all, Laura –
1: What describes your week? (laughs) What describes... Every week we have this segment and every week I get to it and I think, "What we're going to have to change it at some point to something we both prepare for more. (laughs) I know, because...
0: No, but I like it because everyone gets to hear about your week, even if you don't have a good word that sort of
1: sums it up. Well, I definitely don't... Oh, do I have a word? Maybe I do. My word this week I'm going to say is overload, which I... Have I was telling Luce before we got on the mic that because we finally have catch ups off the mic now because she lets me talk to her and not everything's content.
0: I still wish. I st- oh, believe me, everyone. I still wish it was all content because I believe our best stuff gets said before we get on the
1: mic. <laughs> that's it. That's the pain. Um. But my God, that's depressing. The overload was on my way home today. It- from work I their fight broke out on the bus I was on and we all had to get off and I feel like that was a lot of emotions overload um on a slightly more higher note I had a really wonderful weekend but I was out or didn't get to sleep until about 2 or 3 a.m every single night it was a long weekend here it was gorgeous the sun was out London completely changed everyone who's been on this journey with me of moving to London is probably sick of me talking about the weather but it genuinely changed my life seeing the sun. And also, in true me fashion, I had a dinner party on Sunday night that started at 4 and went till about 1am. Um, oh and I, I cooked, I did too many dishes because I wanted to trial a bunch of stuff for Shit You Should Cook About. Um, which there's some very exciting recipes coming your way. But as a result, I think everyone kind of had like a IBS oh. <laughs> heart, <laughs> heartburn flare up because... Oh <laughs> I cooked the the richest, like, ten dishes known to mankind.
0: (laughs) Was it lots of tomato and garlic inside? It was, like,
1: like, one dish was, like, slow-cooked for three hours, tomatoes and um, onions with, like, whole garlic bulbs roasted in oil (laughs) and then, like, an entire thing of just cream.
0: (laughs) But, like, the issue is... Yum, and the other <laughs> issue is ouch. So, like, <laughs> but the thing is, I just you have to push through. I think for the finer things in life, take the mylanta and take the risk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll find a recipe that doesn't cause loose to need a gavel I know. Seriously, I had to put the that sponsorship. Little, I
0: had to put that little call out and you <laughs> should cook about. So I was reading it and I was like. This looks fucking delicious. I'm not cooking it because I'm going to get a sore heart. <laughs> you should have called it, like, the heart, heartburn. No, no nothing. Dumb.
1: We'll come no. We'll come back to that. Luz, we'll <laughs> what describes your week? Um, my
0: week is described by pulling the clutch out, which is one of Belle's turns of phrases that often relates to my life, um, basically because find it hard to say no to things on weeknights. (laughs) So, like, right now, I last night went out for some, like, really, I don't know, yum food, good drink, someone's birthday, and then we did karaoke, and so naturally I had a few beers. I didn't have to. I just can't say no. And so I woke up this morning, like, knowing. I know I have to come in here at 7.30 and do this podcast, and I know before that I have to do the newsletter. But it just – I'm like, I just don't want to say no to a – Maybe a core memory or a good time. So I had to do it. And I will say, and here she is, no regrets. It was really fun. Uh, But then I I was in Sydney for the weekend with Ruby, pulled the clutch out there, had some, you know, big nights there. It was just really fun. So I don't know. I feel like I'm never, I would like to adopt some healthy habits in terms of looking after myself habits, but I just need to schedule that in. I just. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> How this is this? giving succession scheduling to grief.
0: No, I do that. When Shiv did that, I was wondering if, if when Ruby gets to that episode, Ruby, Shiv, yeah. I love talking to Ruby on the mic when she's not here, um, Shiv schedules in or got her assistant to schedule in like 25 minutes in the meeting room to cry. And I looked at that and I was like, I schedule in crying. I don't often need to, but sometimes I'll be like, right, I'm going on TikTok and I'm watching people Re, like reunite or I'm
1: watching cute things that will make me cry just because it's so I've heard I've heard this so much before like people scheduling not almost um what's it called pre, like pre-grieving like knowing yeah. that something's gonna be bad <laughs> and like scheduling time to grieve before it happens like <laughs> that's
0: just that sounds. Really tell sad. me your type A
1: without telling me your type A
0: Seriously. <laughs> well I okay I don't think and I don't know do very often but you know, sometimes you just feel like you want to have a. Cr- well, I always feel like I want to because I never can spontaneously just cry. Uh, I'm
1: probably on the verge, ninety five percent of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I cry. I feel like eyes are always watering with you. With some of my friends, eyes are always watering with laughter. Always, which is always. just a gorgeous way. Anyway, pulled the clutch out, scheduled some cries. Oh no, I did cry. Oh, we watched the internship with uh, with that little old man, Robert De Niro. And- what? <laughs> Yeah, but it was just God, a cute cry. (laughs) Anyway, enough about me. Let's get into my naughty or nice. Okay, we have to start, Laura, with the Met Gala.
1: Okay? Did you watch? God, I I stayed up. I couldn't sleep, partly because I was watching the live stream. So I just lay in bed at about 2am here. I basically... I will admit this. I was waiting for Kim Kardashian to come onto the carpet because I just wanted to know what on earth she was wearing.
0: And one thing about Laura is she's a live stream girl. Like, she was watching some Coachella shit. She was watching the Met Gala. I don't know. She probably watched the Queen's funeral or something on live
1: stream. Loves (laughs) a a live stream. Loves. (laughs) What else have I watched recently? Probably, to be honest with you.
0: I don't know. I feel like that's dedication because I, like, watch live Mostly because I'm always making content out of this shit, right? And so I always watch live feeds, like on Twitter or on, I don't know, news live feeds. But the commitment to a live stream, um, I love it from you.
1: Do you know what I think it is? I think I love feeling like I'm a part of something
0: with other people. community girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I watch the little, like, the little number go up. And it goes up, yeah. you know, everyone's sitting there, everyone's joining and I'm thinking, God, oh, we're all experiencing it together, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. But I tell you what I hate is the comments what? during a live stream. Let me process it on my oh. own.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I hate. Tell me. Is comments, period. <laughs> I will just quickly have a little rant. So every year we post about the Met Gala on our Instagram, right? Biggest biggest event of the year for celeb watching. As we talk about like the whole reason we have this podcast is because Celebrity world or pop culture world doesn't exist outside of real world. It informs it and it tells us things about the world. And actually it's just interesting and fun to watch Mm. and talk about and comment on. And the amount of people that, like, say that they absolutely hate pop culture stuff, say that, like, well, this isn't shit I should care about, say that we're so dumb for talking about it or whatever, is bananas. Like, one... Can you not just scroll past a few posts and, like, not feel the need to, like, r- angry to comment? To rage like, comment, you know? yeah. To rage comment. And, two, can you think of it more sort of original comment than this isn't should I should care about? And, three, you're saying one thing. You're saying you don't care. That's fine. But also they're the most engaged with, commented on, like, voted on polls. Like, it's the most engaged with content We ever, ever, ever post. So people are very much saying one thing to make themselves seem better than you for caring about celebrities and then acting in a total different way. And I just always think it's very interesting to see what people say their preferences are and then what they reveal their preferences are, where they actually, like, like. That's very
1: interesting. How often do you get those comments of, like, this isn't shit I should care about? Well,
0: I mean, to be fair, all the time. This used to be a... Yeah, this used to be a (laughs) news page, or this used to be a blah, blah page, and it's like, well, go and read the newsletter or listen to the shit show. No, we get them all the time, but it's just people really liking to put you in a box, I think. And mm. um, also just they don't come for the con – they don't come, like, to the places that we do the news. So I'm just like yeah. – Yeah. It's fine that you think that, but you obviously haven't, like, looked very hard. Um, anyway, yeah. that's just social media. That's just – one of the gripes I have with the Met Gala is I always know that I'm, for some reason, I'm going to be getting hated on so much that day.
1: <laughs> lose finds it triggering no. because it's the worst Monday of it's the year. It's
0: like I'm working, like, double speed. If you could see me trying to get all the photos, post them all, make the polls out of them, like, it is actually, like, me working in, like, double speed. No,
1: I know this because I was watching the live stream <laughs> and then you were posting about it. <laughs> I was like, I just saw this person walk up the carpet. It's Like biggest day of the year
0: for me. Also, just biggest day of hatred. But that is so fine. One person that, like, kind of, is kind of deserving of it is Carl Lagerfeld, low key. D- Laura, did you know much about? Uh,
1: I knew. I knew literally nothing about this, and I saw. I read it in the newsy this morning, though. So tell me more.
0: Well, okay, that's what was interesting to me is. So the theme this year was Carl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty, and I, who didn't know much about him at all, feel like this did the opposite thing of sort of it was meant to be honouring him and his legacy because he's passed away. But actually it just uncovered a whole lot of things about him that were bad that I wouldn't have known about if they hadn't, you know, named the Met Gala after him or sort of honoured him this year. So Mm. for those that don't know, he's like, He basically revitalised Chanel and he worked for Chloe, and he's, like, an iconic, I don't know, designer, creative director. But also he's just, like, a controversial dude. Like, he hates a curvy woman. He has literally said no one wants to see curvy women. He one time, like, lost a whole lot of weight so that he could be the perfect clothes horse. He would have, you know, he would have loved Ozempic. Carl Lagerfeld would have loved Osimpok. He um, said some things about people that try will read out. On Adele, he said she's a little too fat, but she has a beautiful face and a divine voice. About Heidi Klum, Heidi Klum is no runway model. She's simply too heavy and has too big a bust, and she always grins so stupidly. That is not avant-garde, that is commercial. On Pippa Middleton, Kate Middleton has a nice silhouette. I like that kind of woman. I like romantic beauties. On the other hand, her sister struggles. I don't like her sister's face. She should only show her back. And then he sort of said about, like, he was like, there are fat mummies sitting with their bags of crisps in front of the television who say that thin models are ugly. No one wants to see round women. Oh, so he's my sort goodness. of, And there's more. I hate to say that there's more, but anyway. Where so are he,
1: these, like, what I don't understand, I think exactly what you said. I had never heard any of this before so are these stories coming out now or are these things that have been reported on and just no one really picked it up like well
0: these were reported on both articles that I'm um, drawing from which are from Huffington Post and from Vox they were both from 2019 so I wonder if and I could probably fact check this but I wonder if when he died that's when a lot of this came out as people again like a moment like this where people were honoring him or it just I don't know someone was like hey We, like, love this person that really doesn't love us back, so should we write about it? He also Mm. um, wasn't that keen on refugees, which is just, like, a fucked thing to – not a fucked thing to take a stance on because a lot of people take really bullshit stances on this, but he just said some awful things. Like, I, I actually don't even want to read them out because they're really mm. awful. But he's – like, you can go and read the newsletter and there's some pretty shit things in there. And the same with the Me Too movement. He, like, really – he said about the Me Too movement, if you don't want your pants pulled about, don't become a model. Join a nunnery. There'll always be a place for you in the convent. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm just – Oh, so my there's, goodness. There's, yeah, it's – if you look into it, and also if you read it out, it, like, feels not that –
1: Good. Yeah, and, well, has there been backlash against the Met for this? Because you're – I feel like I've only seen this in the news here over the past 24 hours. I
0: don't think there's been backlash over the Met because you know how often celebrities just like to turn away from controversy for their, I don't know, joy or good, a good night or whatever, or they benefited mm. in, in some way over being at the Met or from Carl Lagerfeld in his time. But there were – um people like Ashley Graham who's one of my favorite looks from the night who Mm. especially plus size women or, or not especially but a lot of people took a stance and they wore pink because Carl hated the color pink so I think they went in sort of spite not they didn't go in spite but they dressed um as a stance against some of the things that he said so anyone that's wearing pink um you can probably, you know, it wasn't an accident that they wore pink. He said he hated it, so they wore Oh, it.
1: that's, re- I mean, that's really interesting.
0: I know. And then there's a gorgeous photo of Lizzo, and she's, like, eating some McDonald's fries, like, in a kitchen, in a beautiful dress. Again, that was sort of in protest. My other favourite look was Janelle Monae. She, <gasps> like, did this big, trans- like, transformation.
1: That was yeah. amazing. Well, should we go through some of your favourite looks, Liz? Because yeah. I feel like that... Would be fabulous.
0: Well, okay, so I've said to Ashley Graham, Janelle Monae, and Taika Waititi. I feel like he oh. ate. What the fuck? He looked so sick.
1: He looked so good. Something about it. And I'm, I'm a not person. a fashion person at all. No, like, neither. not. I mean, what is a fashion person? Also, I hate that term. But, like, I would never consider myself mm. as someone who's up with anything. And he, But he looked amazing.
0: I know. He just looked great, pleasing to the eye. That's all I know. Um and then I hated, I really hated the people that dressed up as Carl's cat, like Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> like she did a fucking interview, and she just meow. meow. Uh, did you see Little
1: Nas X?
0: Yes. Oh my! I mean, can't say it was one of my favourite looks, but it was a bold and brave
1: look. He also meowed though.
0: Oh, did he? I did not yeah. see him meow.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm behind. Someone <laughs> link me. And um, what were your favorite looks?
1: I loved Rihanna's look. Love, love, love. Oh, yeah. I have no idea how late she arrived. And All I see is the headlines are like late but worth it. I'm like how late can you be? Like does it stay does it stay up for you? Does it the carpet yeah, stay I on? Don't. Does anyone know how late she was? A question to the audience. I I hear that they
0: kept kept the live stream going for like an extra like 10 minutes or maybe even longer than that
1: waiting for her and then she I don't know. I
0: don't know when she came though,
1: but She slides, so she deserved it. She looked absolutely amazing. Loved Janelle Monáe. Love, love, love Janelle Monáe. Really liked Florence Mm. Pugh as well. Like, loved the tall crown. I loved it, But it's hard for me. I don't know if other people do this as well, but I can't separate, like, what they're wearing from the person.
0: I know. So I'm
1: always about, like, if I like them as an artist, actor, whatever, then I'm like, yeah, I loved what they were wearing.
0: (laughs) Pietro Pascal. I loved his look. I loved his look. Uh, The shorts? you love the shorts? I I just love him. So that's the issue. That's like, I can't separate him from what he was wearing. Jessica Chastain looked amazing.
1: With the blonde hair? Yeah, she looked incredible. Yeah, that was actually quite fabulous. My flatmate
0: liked Margot Robbie.
1: Oh, I didn't even see Margot Robbie. You
0: know, it was boring. She was boring. It wasn't a good look. Obviously, she was hot
1: as fuck. I actually loved, 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 do a leaper's outfit oh
0: yeah yeah I think that's that was definitely a crowd fave um in the polls on Cisco as well because she just looked like a princess like she looked really cute she
1: looked like a princess there was something about it I also loved Michaela Cole's outfit I loved it and oh, I love her
0: yeah is that the person from I May Destroy I May Destroy You, you. yeah yeah oh I know I also loved the cockroach that showed up wearing Gucci <coughs> no <laughs> oh my god <laughs> No, and then I they just, threw a little- the
1: photographers get a I'm picture.
0: Get it, Kevin. Get a picture, get
1: it, get Kevin. It. It. The anxiety no. that people must feel, like on a red carpet like that, and having someone—this is again watching the live stream, as I was—hearing yeah. them be like, "Turn this way." I, know. I would, I would wet myself.
0: No, I, know. I would
1: literally, I. Couldn't. I would skip the red
0: carpet altogether. It's not the point of going to the Met, though. Um, But I did see, and may they rest in peace, the cockroach got squished, (gasps) which means that there's a lot of baby
1: cockroaches right now because
0: they have eggs in them. So that's yuck.
1: Sorry about that, everyone. I would also, (laughs) does anyone have any idea what happens after the red carpet at the Met? Does anyone know? they go
0: in. Remember there was that iconic um, bathroom selfie with Emma Chamberlain and Billie Eilish and Kendall Jenner or something?
1: So they go in and then they go to the bathroom?
0: They go in, they go to the bathroom. They probably can't sit down. I would assume a lot of them don't eat because it would be difficult for them, but I definitely would because I imagine the catering's fire. Um, (laughs) But... So I'm going to say nice, naughty or nice, Met Gala as a whole. <laughs> well, no, Karl, like I feel fucking naughty.
1: Yeah, there's a lot in there. Outfits, though, nice.
0: Outfits, nice. Karl, naughty.
1: I really appreciate that a lot of the time the designers walk with them. I really like, I feel yeah. like it's the one, maybe not the one time, I don't know. Again, not, don't know much about fashion, but like <laughs> I feel like I would never see... A lot of designers or like see their faces or know what they connect them to any design but i like how their guest is almost always the designer because i feel like it's yeah that's the yes. creative getting their dues like you yeah. know getting the credit and not being like behind they the screen that. yeah they did they yeah. did that but then they i also a lot of the time i'm watching and i'm like who i've never seen this <laughs> who are they
0: <laughs> who are they you're not a celebrity get off the live stream
1: <laughs> <laughs> me at home <laughs> under the covers <laughs> like <laughs>
0: yeah that's what everyone says. It's like everyone reporting on it was literally at home, like in their fucking sweatpants. Oh, the
1: last thing I-, I will say on it is I credit to the people doing the live stream that have to host it. That would be probably oh. my the thing that would scare me the most in this life.
0: I know. I always think about that. Like Emma Chamberlain and Amelia de, Molenberg, de Moldenberg who did like other yeah. Oscars or fucking something. I'm like, you're always on. You always have to be thinking.
1: Next thing, next thing. I about this the
0: other day and it was like, they would be so prepped, but even then, even then, that would be so hard, so crazy. Even
1: then, I'm imagining, like, yeah. in Devil Wears Prada when someone comes up to your air and they're like, this is so-and-so from so-and-so oh, wearing know. so-and-so. And then they're like, hi, oh, my gosh.
0: I know, but then how do you make general chat? You'd have to, oh.
1: That's what I loved watching the live stream the most is they'd be chit-chatting away and then they'd think it was over and everyone would just kind of go, like, dead behind the eyes and, like, stop talking. Oh. I live for these moments.
0: No, you like <laughs> You live for seeing, like, the real person behind the facade, the the dead-behind-the-eyes moment. Okay, my next story. Yes, Lose. Ed Sheeran. Let's talk about Ed Sheeran because I feel like, I know we've come on this podcast to talk about how Liv and I don't really like his music anymore, and that's fine, but that's not what this is about. I feel like Ed Sheeran is just often facing, maybe not often, but, you know, the man's faced a few copyright lawsuits. Mm And when you, I feel like when you're someone this famous and you have bops this big, like, obviously you're so much more likely to run into lawsuits like this because so many people have heard your song and so many people are like, well, that can kind of sound like this song and that kind of sounds like this song. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about his latest copyright suit, which actually is entering like the second week
1: of the trial, which is kind of so, is this. This is a full blown trial with a jury and everything.
0: Yeah, this is
1: it's Jury Duty.
0: Yeah, this is Jury Duty in real life, um, which I think that show is actually really good for helping me
1: understand
0: due process. <laughs> <laughs> I even though it was all fake, that's why I love <laughs> pop culture. It helps us understand the world. Um, I didn't want to learn about it's a lens. Yeah, so essentially, Ed Sheeran's song "Thinking Out Loud," which is not important but it's a song I hate um apparently <laughs> apparently I mean the people the people accuse Ed of copying Marvin Gaye's Let's Get it on which is a very famous song it was the the case was sort of brought forward by ears of Ed Townsend who co-wrote the song Let's Get it on with Marvin Gaye and so the argument is, that Ed Sheeran copied the heart of Let's Get It On and repeated it continuously throughout Thinking Out Loud. Um, The melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic compositions in Thinking Out Loud are not the product of independent creation. So I think one of the reasons that this case is just stupid, which is just not a good way of me describing it, but I can't think of any other words. Like, obviously, caveat over all of this Like, if you're an artist, it would be really shit if your work did get copied and then someone profited hugely off it. That's not really what we're talking about here. Um, We're talking about sort of a four-chord melody that's quite common. The Smoking Gun, in this case... Is that Ed Sheeran once played a live mashup of the two songs in 2014, mm-hmm. um, which the which the plaintiffs say amounted to a confession? Wow! Um, I've watched enough Glee to know how a mashup works, and basically you can <laughs> mash up a lot of you know a lot of songs, similar chord songs. There's like whole YouTube had a really big moment of like the four chord challenge, and you'd see like fucking mm. 50 songs using the same melody. So Ed Sheeran basically played. He brought his guitar to court. Wow. He played. Yeah, he played Thinking Out Loud and then I think they made him play it in a minor key as well to like try and emulate Let's Get It On or something. And apparently he like cringed when he had to. People in court say that his face like grimaced when he had to play Thinking Out Loud a bit more sensually. And then when Ed explained the mashup, which was their smoking gun, he said that mashups happen because most pop songs use similar chords. He said, I feel like you don't want me to answer because you know what I'm going to say is actually going to make quite a lot of sense. You could go from Let It Be to No Woman, No Cry and switch back. Um, If I'd done what you're accusing me of doing, I'd be an idiot to stand on the stage in front of 20,000 people and do that. It's my belief that most pop songs are built on building blocks that have been freely available for hundreds of years. And then another part that we've talked about a bit on Culture Vulture is that they sort of tried to use some lyrics from one of his other songs as evidence of him plagiarising which rappers have been facing for a long time like lyrics from their songs being used in court as like evidence that they would shoot someone or steal someone or you know kill someone which is actually quite a it's got quite racist roots especially when it's in terms of Um, Rapping and rap music But so for Ed In his song Take It Back He sings the lyrics um, Plagiarism is hidden I think it goes Plagiarism is hidden Inside the lyrics I've written Or something like that And then then someone sort of asked Ed About this in court And he was like I think he said like Can I give some context to these lyrics And the person that was asking the question Was like no I'll ask for context if I want it Or something like this Wow Um, And so Ed's been through copyright lawsuits like this before and he sort of said a few years ago during his last one that claims like this are way too common now and have become a culture where a claim is made with the idea that a settlement will be cheaper than taking it to court even if there's no base for the claim. So it is really interesting that this one, you know, if Ed wanted to keep this out of the public eye, he could just pay the settlement money, which then looks like a bit of an admission of, like, yes, I did copy this, or I just want this to go away mm. could be either one. Um, but in this case, I think he's just, like, it's, it's so ridiculous that, like, I would be so stupid to copy this really famous song for my really famous song, and... I, I, he's just sort of—I don't know—he's in week wow. two, but he seems to be going through it. So yeah, what are your takes? If you, what what do you reckon?
1: These kind of lawsuits are not new, right? Like there was the Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams blurred lines that um, was it. A jury determined that it infringed on the copyright, and of Marvin Gaye's got to give it up. So it's and I remember that one really vividly, like.
0: And people are saying like because that one. Was like the jury was like, yeah, it kind of was infringing on the copyright. That set this like precedent that okay, now a bunch of other ones also have infringed on. You know, like now we can see right if we take this to court, maybe we'll get the same sort of verdict. So, but yeah, I think
1: that- I think there's there's a much broader conversation around this that I find really interesting. One thing that I did quickly want to touch on that was in the Vulture article on this that I read um was talking about what Ed Townsend's family have said about the case and they have talked about for far too long black artists have created inspired and spread music all around the world and Ed Townsend's family believes artists like Mr. Sheeran's infringement of black artists is merely another example of artists exploiting the genius and the work of black singers and songwriters. And I do think that is an argument that does really need to like be explored and see the light of day because that obviously does happen a lot. And there is a lot of kind of taking from one culture and then portraying it as your own. And I feel like that is a conversation that in itself needs to be explored. Like, Whatever way this goes, you know, like even if this... Well,
0: I was going to say we talked about that a lot when we did a roundup on the Elvis documentary and we spoke a lot about that conversation in that podcast episode. I just feel like it's a hindrance to creating new things or trying to create anything. Like I just love people creating shit. And if you feel like you're going to be taken to court for like new stuff because people think you've copied. I mean if you have fucking copied then it's good that shit like this exists.
1: Well this is what's really interesting is it's what does it look like for like a civil lawsuit to play out in this arena and what does it look like to determine if someone has copied something. That's what I find really fascinating here. Cause does it come down to the chords on a piece of paper? Does it come down to the sheet music? Yeah. Does it come down to the key it's in and the broader conversation, as well, and one that I think we're going to be having more and more and more, is what does the role of AI look like in the music industry with all of this yeah. going on? Like, I don't, I, all I see at the moment is like Drake AI song. And we just
0: talked on the shit show about how Grimes wants people to use her voice in AI songs. And she was like, I'll split 50% of the revenue with you if it gets big. Just use my voice. Like, I want to see how creative you can get. And so there's, it's just, some people will be keen on that and then other artists will be like, "Fuck, like don't train my voice to make me say shit that I didn't write. And it, that's exactly what I think as well. I'm like copyright lawsuits like this will probably become less common and less relevant because everyone will be too busy focusing on like, oh, you used my voice to make a whole new song that I didn't consent to. And totally, we don't have any legislation around it.
1: And I think it's so new and like the question of what is art? is about to come become so pertinent to everything. Because what, what does it mean? Like, is it the same thing to listen to a song that really sounds like Drake but isn't Drake but really sounds like him and you couldn't, like, tell the difference? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Is art because the artists wrote it themselves? Like, what about an artist who sings a song that was written by someone else? What does that mean? Mm. I think there's so much that this kind of conversation brings up that's really, really worth exploring.
0: And a lot of people say that, like, especially when it comes to AI, um, like, drawings or, like, Dali 2 and the AI visuals, people are saying that you still need to be an artist to prompt it correctly and then make the selection on what looks good. And it's like, uh, you know, you still have to be skilled and that's a type of art as well. But then if it's AI music, like... Who actually is doing the making? I don't know. Like, if if ChatGPT's written you the lyrics, another AI thing's written you the melody, and then you've put it together.
1: Totally.
0: Are you even being an artist then? Like, or is that, you know, just because you decide it's good and you want to share it. I just don't know if you've had your hands on that enough. I, I just find it very interesting, and I'm really, it's quite exciting that we're, like, in this. I'm sure you work in the music industry, so I'm sure the conversations happening are just so interesting right now and it must be i mean it just i don't know we've been through parts of the internet that have changed hugely before and it's like not new to have a new
1: frontier of xyz but this feels huge i think there's there's so many it really does feel big and i think if you go back throughout history there's moments in which particularly the music industry was changed for good and i think the last time this probably happened was like streaming yeah like in the creation of streaming and like the music industry prior to that was, you know, not looking good at all. And streaming came along and like, Mm. you know, gave it a completely new life and a completely new route. And then like in my time in the industry, TikTok has been the thing that's completely and utterly, completely and utterly disrupted the industry and changed, you know, a, a lot of people's jobs and a lot of what artists do day to day. And I think this is Probably the next thing that we're seeing, and it's kind of crazy when you see it come through so quickly and you're I like know. living through it. I'd much rather like come after it and process it in hindsight.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, I feel to make this like super boring and sort of meaty, I just feel like with new things like this, we never, we never catch up with regulating or legislate, like, we never, ever, ever are there in time like we're still trying to figure out how to deal with Facebook and social media and how to regulate that or legislate that.
1: that we are slow like, we are
0: so slow so it's like give up on that now because you've not actually sorted that out and we're actually moving on try and do it with AI or just let it be a free-for-all and we just deal with the consequences whatever they may be um but anyway we'll keep people on the loop with this Ed Sheeran case because it could go the way of the Robin Thicke Pharrell trial or it could go Ed Sheeran actually just came out to say that he and I think this was um, not misquoted but I saw this on Pop Crave and then I looked for it and he sort of said it in a roundabout way that he if he lost this trial he'd stop making music because he's like sick of he would give up really sick of um, being like his art being like every time not every time but you know when it gets big just having to do this, and that's that's the thing that I think sucks is, you like, you know, it's a very dramatic claim to make, and whether he made it in that way or not, um, if it stops you from doing it because you can't be fucked with a lawsuit and you think the lawsuit's
1: got no legs, it's just, that's not the best for art. I don't know. It's not. I would like to finish on this quote from the Vulture article that I find very funny. Did Sharon commit a crime? No. Sharon is accused of copyright infringement in a civil lawsuit. Whether one believes thinking out loud is a crime against music remains an entirely separate issue.
0: I love that. And I've seen that quote in the wild and I think it's a great quote. And I also just
1: love Vulture's reporting on basically everything. So. Oh, 100%. Culture Vulture, we love you, Vulture.
0: Laura. What is on your radar this week?
1: On my radar this week, as previously mentioned, a week of overload. So not a lot of time to see, do, read, live, breathe. Yes. But two things. <laughs> Actually, no, only one thing. The other thing I've written is I need a book rec. Please someone help me. So anyone got a book recommendation out there, please send them my way. I'm absolutely desperate. I'm going to Spain this weekend. I, When I'm in that zone, I'll read a book a day. So oh. anyone send me please desperate desperate i
0: have heaps of book wrecks but i'm saving them for something special that's coming so everyone
1: love that easter egg
0: off mic little
1: easter egg um please off mic but the other thing on my radar is colin from accounts my perfect tv show (gasps) loose this came to me from a recommendation from my brother-in-law and which i didn't love he was like Reminds me of you in Stanley Tucci Light. I'll leave you to figure out how. And it's like about a 40-year-old man and a 28-year-old girl. So I was like, okay. Uh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Feed my fear. <laughs> Feed my fear. <laughs> 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 Feed my core fear.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but it's about, yeah, this, it sounds bizarre, but this guy, this girl's crossing the street. Distracts the guy driving the car, he hits a dog, they have to look after the dog together. The dog looks exactly like the dog that we look after from the fishmongers down the road, so also probably a similarity. Yeah. It's Australian as well, so it felt a little bit like, you know, outside the world, but it just. Is the perfect show. It's light, it's funny, like actually funny, yeah. really laughing funny. Highly recommend. Okay,
0: that's a great rec for the people. And, like, I've not seen it or heard of it.
1: No, and you needed a comedy. So here I am, Luz.
0: Well, okay, I hate to give the same recs as I give every week, but success, Succession, Ted Lasso, um, The O.C., and also... The Jonas Brothers album's coming out uh, on Thursday, and I'm, like, fucking excited, but I've talked about that a million times. So we are going to wrap it here, everyone.
1: And it's on time for the first time ever.
0: For the first time ever, it's on time. Well, five minutes over and ten minutes under. <laughs> because We, we give
1: ourselves a buffer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we, cause we, Laura forces a catch-up before we
1: get
0: on. Anyway, you will all see Laura's shit you should cook about tomorrow there might be some seeding from the audience about things that you wish your ex you'd said to your ex or vice versa there might be things might be happening they might not because we're very haphazard around here but you love it and (laughs) I don't know come become a sister supporter and get on close friends which reminds me I'm going to take a live photo of me and Laura recording this for you and it's going to go on the close friends so you get to see all that cute stuff um Otherwise, I don't know, tell us your favourite Met Gala books. Tell us what you're loving.
1: And send me your book recommendations. And, book and re- tell us what you cook. We're asking a lot.
0: Basically, send us everything because we're bored of each other and we need
1: Don't you. stop talking to us. And on that note.
0: <laughs> on that note, bye everyone. Bye.